Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Nye. Boy, you know, it is great to be living in America where people <laughs> can aspire to be what they want to be. Yes. You can do anything is possible. Yes. Anything the is world possible. is our oyster. Yes. yes, it is. And it doesn't matter who you are, where you are. And even, you know, uh, maybe you may not be the brightest bulb mm-hmm. in the pack. It doesn't matter. You can do well. I mean, you know, you can achieve anything. Take Kamala. Okay. You know, for yes. example, I mean, yes, I mean, she's she gone was, far she, considering her skills. No, really, she yeah. had, she had no really background in 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 being the czar of the border. But look what she's done in in the short amount of time that she's been in office. Oh and yes, what a great success that was. Yes. Well, you know, then you get down to the future with AI. Mm-hmm. You know, because she. She absolutely. And she could use it. No, yeah. yeah, no skill levels there. But yesterday, yes. she was appointed the AI czar. Wait a second. She's the czar of artificial intelligence. Yes. Mm-hmm. There's got to be a joke there. Go ahead. No, <laughs> there's that. That that's that the the joke is On she us. is the czar. She really is the czar. <laughs> and you know she. And of course, you know. She's saying that the the computers are basically, you know, infringing on uh, on civil liberties. Uh, you know, well, computers yes. probably, you know, they're going to say they're racist or whatever. Of course, you know, she's going to use everything. The future of AI, which I question, you know, needs to be regulated. It right. should be. Is she the one to do it, or is she going to make it worse? And it's going to. We get the impression us. maybe they're just trying to give her something to do, just trying to keep her busy so she doesn't. She doesn't get in their way, you know. We'll make oh. uh, Carmela the. Uh, we'll make her the czar of artificial intelligence. Yes, I, I mean it's appropriate. I got to. I got to play this for you because it's, all right, it, it matches. Uh, speaking of Carmela, uh, Australia—that's a long way from the U.S., but they follow pretty closely what we do up here. And uh, one of the anchors in Australia, uh, yeah. she did a commentary. Uh, on Carmela. Listen. But first, let's check in with the most powerful woman in the world, the woman who is just one 80-year-old heartbeat away from becoming the leader of the free world. And what we love most about Kamala Harris on this show are her inspiring speeches. She gave another one this week. For us at every moment in time, and certainly this one, to see the moment in time in which we exist and are present and to be able to contextualize it, to understand where we exist in the history and in the moment as it relates not only to the past, but the future. Look, Rowan, I'm contextualizing it. Oh, yes, I can feel the moment in time. That moment is now in time. It really does make you think, doesn't it? That rousing speech was right up there with this career highlight from the Veep. We all watched the television coverage of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet based on what we've just been able to see. And because we've seen it or not doesn't mean it hasn't happened. But just limited to what we have seen. that the vice president has an entire team working for her, including many professional speechwriters. And those people either loathe her with a burning passion 
or as hopeless, hopelessly incompetent as she is. Now, we're seeing politicians and health bureaucrats trying desperately to rewrite history, trying to convince people that they never advocated for crippling illiberal lockdowns, vaccine mandates, school closures. No, it's not their fault. They just made recommendations. I didn't think anyone would be stupid enough to actually follow them or enforce them. Along with Australia and New Zealand, Canada was right up there for COVID madness. But Prime Minister Justin Trudeau now claims that's just disinformation. He says he never insisted that everyone, young and old, healthy and infirm, get vaccinated against COVID. That's just fake news. Let's have a quick look at what Justin is saying now and what he said back then. Misinformation and disinformation is carrying people to believe things that are untrue. And vaccinations is a perfect example of it. Any vaccine we distribute to Canadians will be safe for Canadians. You know, our people who've probably gotten very sick from vaccinations. To every vaccine that is improved uh, is safe for Canadians is uncompromising. Well, individuals are allowed to make their own choices. There may be all sorts of different reasons why someone is hesitant to get vaccinated. There's no more excuses to not get your shot. And therefore, while not forcing anyone to get vaccinated. Enforcement measures in place will make sure that everyone is vaccinated. I chose to make sure that all the incentives, travelers across the country need to be fully vaccinated, that people coming into the country need to be fully vaccinated. We're there, don't get to work in the public service, don't get to go to movie theaters or gyms or restaurants. That compilation courtesy of Milk Bar TV. But Trudeau is not alone. This week we saw Anthony Fauci, the man responsible for so much of the dysfunction surrounding our COVID response. Well, Fauci now claims the heavy-handed response was not his doing. Speaking to the New York Times, he tried to absolve himself of all responsibility. Show me a school that I shut down, he said. Show me a factory that I shut down. Never. I never did. These people, my goodness, we can never forget what they inflicted on us. And there must be a reckoning for all the politicians and public health officials for the insane overreach, the inhumane policies inflicted on free people in the name of safety. They cannot be allowed to dodge responsibility. That was Sky News host Rita Panahi delivering a a review of Kamala Harris's oratory skills before brutally taking apart the left's attempt to cover up what they did during the uh, the COVID pandemic, especially Canada. I love that. They went back and forth with the different responses from Justin Trudeau. What a hypocrite. But, you know, she's talking about things that have been disseminated originally from the United States. And that's what she's alluding, alluding to, in, in my belief, that we have to be held accountable for our actions that we've sat there and dictated upon the world. It all came, the 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 lockdowns mm-hmm. came from us, Fauci and the the Democrats and Biden. Now they're going to try to wash their hands of it. Yes, and they're going to, you know, most likely push it against Trump. You know, but Kamala and her and her stupid. You know, she is so empty. Well, you know, the air that I <laughs> but she could today, be our president someday. Think about that. You want to get really nervous? You want to really f- frighten yourself? Think of a world where Carmela Harris is the president of the United States of America. Oh, my 
Dear goodness. Well, you see what she did with the border. And, you know, uh, I gave you some math earlier, but, you know, with one million people mm-hmm. traipsing across our, you know, borders mm-hmm. uh, come next Thursday. Right. And there will be a million new people in this country that we will have to handle. When you do the math, right. that's uh, that's an increase of 8%. Of the population? Yeah, wow. A million that's people? actually, I, I heard somebody say, if you took the total population of like uh, several Midwestern and Western states, like mm-hmm. Montana and Wyoming and Rhode Island in the east, and combine them all together, uh, you're going to get more people have, having come across the border in the last two years than the total population of those states combined. I mean, that's that's kind of amazing when you think about it. I mean, yeah, I think I is. I think I read where President Trump said the figures about fifteen million real people who have already come across. Yeah, well, where are the jobs going to come from? I don't know. You know, or are we going to become? Are we walking down the staircase to the basement to become a third world country? Because that's oh, what yeah. it looks like to me. You oh, know, yeah. and I mean, you you see, but we hear that. Well, the economy is out of control. It's growing at a great rate. Well, maybe it is, but who's getting the money and who's not getting the money? And this is just a real disaster. But you know what? You know, Kamala should take a big bow for what's going on. Oh, she's the border czar. That's right. And, you know, artificial intelligence, the... It, it, it'll reach within seven months, less than that. I think now, she started about, using it the moment she came vi- became vice president myself. Well, it's two different types of intelligence, and yes. I hope that she's not confused between real artificial intelligence and, <laughs> you know, her brain science, yeah. because it's a brain salad. I can tell you that right now. They're very proud of uh, the border uh, in our administration. They they say the, the darndest things, like uh, Karine Jean-Pierre yesterday said this. I, I can't say what it's going to look like after uh, after May 11th, but what I can say is that this is an administration that has taken the challenges that we see at the border very seriously since day one. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't, yeah. you, agree, wouldn't you agree, Bill, they've taken it very seriously uh, since day one? Yeah, yeah, and you know what? Uh, I really I feel that this is a new country with a – well, I wouldn't say a bright new uh, future, but it's mm-hmm. got a future all right. It's bright for somebody, but not me. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You you wonder if we're only halfway through the Biden administration, where will we be by 2024? I mean, it, it, it's mind-boggling what they're doing to our country. And they do it with a smile and determination to continue doing it. You would think when they bragged yesterday or the day before yesterday about 1,500 active duty soldiers who were going down to the border. They made it sound like they were going down there with their rifles to stand firm to keep them out. No, no. They're going down there to do paperwork so they can help process these people across the border so they don't get bottlenecked as they come across, so they can get into your backyard, your neighborhood, wherever you are, as fast as as possible. Um, yeah. These people have a responsibility to protect our country from invasion. This is what I don't understand, Bill, and I, I'm hoping that there's a reason for this, but... The Texas governor and the Arizona governor, all these border state governors, 
they have a responsibility to protect their citizens, too, against an invasion. And mm-hmm. if, the, if the U.S. government doesn't do it, they have a responsibility to do it, too. They, they have to have their National Guard step in and do something. And so far, I haven't heard uh, Governor Abbott or Governor Hobbs from Arizona talk about doing anything. Now, maybe I'm, I'm wrong. Maybe I've missed the news stories. But so far, mum's the word. Maybe they're waiting until the crime actually takes place before they do something. Well, you know, I don't want to hold my breath, but that's what we're being asked to do. And sometimes you hold your breath too long, you pass out. And yeah. uh, and it, it's not a good thing. I had a thought, but it just went no, out the well, window. Uh, <laughs> no, it's okay. no, it's just I was, I was, as I was talking, I was going, oh, I'm going to go here. And then that, it went. That happens. It happens to the best of us. And you are the, the best of us, which. Well, you know, it's a middle-aged woman. I, I don't want to say anything above that, you know. <laughs> uh, I think that we're going to have a, a difficult time. Mike Pence said that we're uh, something really bad is going to happen next week, something really bad. He was referring to the border, uh, and I'm not going to play it, but that's basically all he said. He said it to Bill Hemmer. Uh, and, yeah, something really bad is going to happen next week, Mike, and it might not have happened if you had had a little courage on uh, January the 1st or whatever it was when, Con- I guess it was January 6th when they were meeting mm-hmm. to discuss uh, whether or not the election should be sent back to the states for verification. And if Mike had had a, a little courage, a little backbone, and stood firm with uh, with his, his cohorts in, in the administration, uh, we might be in a different situation right now. We might have a protected border. And, you know, we don't want to discourage people from coming into this country. Bill, you said it yesterday. You're all for immigration. I am, too. Legal immigration. Like my yeah. my grandparents came across uh, uh, at the turn of the century. Actually, some of them came across back in the middle of the 19th century. and um, But they did it legally. They didn't sneak across the border. They didn't uh, swim to shore. They literally came across and went through customs. One of my grandparents, my grandmother, spent two weeks in isolation at the age of 22 by herself on Ellis Island because not that she was sick, not that she was carrying any any strange disease, but because she was 22 years old and there was no one in New York there to meet her. So she wasn't going, they weren't about to let this pretty 22-year-old woman go off on her own. I mean, it's it was uh, unheard of back in, in 1900. Uh, so someone eventually did come down and, and took her back to New England, and the rest is history, and I'm here today. Thank goodness. Well, there you go. Yes. <laughs> so there was, it, the, the, the wait was worth it. We got Jim yeah. Harrington. Oh, my God. <laughs> Booby uh. prize. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a joke there, but we're not going to even go to the booby prize. <laughs> I think that uh, we're... We are in the situation we're in right now, Mike Pence, because of people like you. You can talk about the border and how sad and how, how difficult it's going to be, but any problem we have next week is going to be partially a result of your inaction from two years ago. You know, well, ca- cause and reaction, you know. Well, maybe next week is not what we have to worry about. Mm-hmm. It might be something else entirely. Now, you said that you couldn't find anything oh. on Russia today. Bill? And unbelievable, 
I looked this morning because I think the most important news story right now hmm. is Russia. Nothing. Well, number one, you know, there was an attack that Russia did after the, the Kremlin was attacked. They, they flew over a barrage of uh, missile and rocket attacks, and the rockets on the side of them said, For Moscow. And they hit cities, and they hit munition dumps, big, big munitions dump in the Ukraine that has rockets and missiles, and they blew the hell out of it. So, you know, even even the liberal media couldn't sit there and cover up this attack. You know, no, it, it I, happened I didn't see big. that anywhere. You you had to dig deep for that, I think. No, it, it, was, it was out there. I found that about one this morning, if that tells you anything. But yeah. then, you know, there was a story that got me looking, and— it was. It seems to be swept off of the web now. But last night there was a story because of a, a, a group that they say that they're a private intelligence group. They monitor things all over the place. They don't give a lot of detail about themselves. So you have to take what they say and kind of weigh it. Okay. But they're military people, and they say uh, we are at DEFCOM. You know, one. We are. We have hit that point. Wow. Uh, where we are, we are there. We're on the brink of war, and the reason is, is that Russia has fired up their bullpens with nukes. Yeah, you know. And then, you know, I went over to doing a little world monitoring on the radio, and all of a sudden, I found out that yeah, the bombers in Russia, you know, they're ready to fly now. They've already got the that. That would be like me finding out from a buddy that at Barksdale Air Force Base. The B-52s are set to go, and they're loaded with the big nuclear bombs. They sit on the, they sit there, and they're maintained all the time. But the nukes aren't in them ready to go at, you know, a second's moment, close do, to. Do you think that our government is purposely trying to distract us from the threat that really is uh, being, you know, posed right Here, now? Here's a, you know, everything is a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got Biden— you who Ted Cruz says, oh, you know, the DOJ is going to to uh, go after him. Now, you know, our Speaker of the House says, nah, you know, we may not want to do this. Well, okay, but and that, the reason for that is the Dems are going, yeah, you you take Joe down, Trump will never see the light of day, you know, to run for president again. And I have a story on that. Um, but you know, with, with with all this going on. Uh, my mind is going into a fog today, but uh, <laughs> either way, what, what what I'm saying is is that with with everything well, going on with Joe, they're yeah they're going to sit there. I'm trying to put everything together. What they're going to do is Biden is looking at a bribery charge because that is right something that you can impeach under the Constitution, and that's you know that that goes beyond conspiracy, mm-hmm. and we've got him on that. And I was thinking, you know, just a few years ago when he was running for president. Mm-hmm. Didn't that uh, tape come out? And this is not the thing that they're talking about. But didn't the tape come out where he was bragging about Hunter? Oh yeah, Ukraine and the, the oh yeah, the, yeah, the oil company. Well, I'll and be goes, well, well, I'll be damned or something like that. Uh, I'll be yeah, an, yeah. I'll be a son of a bitch. They, yeah, exactly. He, bri- he bragged about bribing. So now they've got him, you know, in the paperwork here, right? On everything where he while he was with the Obama administration, same time mm-hmm. that. He, they got the papers that he bribed. He oh. should be gone now. There are so many things that seem to be obvious to us. Uh, that that whole story you just said about uh, 
Well, I'll be a son of a bitch. Uh, the, you know, uh, you won't get your billion dollars or whatever the, it was. And that's a bribe. It, that's a bribe. Exactly. That's using and that's using our money for his personal gain. He was trying to get somebody removed from office in the Ukraine because of s- how they were treating his son. They were and using, he did it. And he did it. Exactly right. He did it. And that's the thing, you know. So this is not, I mean, he might be losing his mental faculties now, but he wasn't back then. And is he, should be, should he be held accountable for what, you know, he did back then when he's too stupid now to, uh, he's too fogged up like me right now to uh, you know, remember everything? Well, well, the simple fact is, yes, you know, you are accountable for all your actions. And, and my question is, if he was illegally put into office two years ago, are all of the laws that he's implemented in the two-year period subsequent, are they legal? If he was, well, if he Democrats was, will say yes because you know. The, the, see, that's that's the thing about what goes on. It is a war of words, you know, and they love to be linguist and take everything and twist it. So, if you have somebody who really is an illegitimate president and he's in office and he's writing all of these laws, he's illegitimate, right. mind you. He shouldn't be the president. Then you're saying, or they're saying. The law should be enforced because he was sitting in the chair, even if he wasn't a real president, even if he shouldn't have been there. That doesn't make well, a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah, I, that. But that's. that's but what you know, if, if a policeman, if a policeman arrests somebody, and it's a real big criminal who's got a lot of cr- crime behind him, a lot of bad things, uh, and then they find out that the policeman arrested that criminal illegally then most times all of the things that the other charges have to be dismissed because it was an illegal arrest. Why well, would this be the same thing? Well, you know, in a fair and balanced world, you're, you're absolutely right. But mm-hmm. have you ever seen things in a political arena, you know, get the results that you oh, expect and should get? I know. You don't. And you're I right. mean, I mean, there's some... Everything is a distraction. Everything is a distraction. You know, you, you've got people out there marching for equality, that you know, transgender rights, racial rights. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got people out there going, well, you know, woman has the right to have say over her body and, and, and the lives that they carry. That's a whole different argument. There's, gun, there's all kinds of things out there, but they're a distraction from probably a bigger thing that they're not even talking about. Yesterday, John, John, yesterday John Kirby uh, was asked about uh, this, uh, this scandal that's percolating under the surface with uh, the Hunter Biden laptop mm. and, and with Joe, and here's what he said. John, I, I've got a question about uh, the House Oversight Committee subpoena that was issued yesterday. Um, it's seeking an FBI document from 2020 that, uh, quote, describes an alleged criminal scheme involving then-Vice President Biden and a foreign national relating to the exchange of money for policy decision, decisions. Uh, what, what's the White House's response to this serious corruption allegation? I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department on that. I, I have nothing for you on that today. No, do you know what, this is, what country this pertains to or what policy decision? I have nothing for you, sir. I'm going to have to refer you to the Justice Department. I know nothing. I see nothing. John Kirby just smiled, grimaced a bit, and walked away. 
No answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't on his list of things to talk about. It might have been highlighted as something he was to avoid, and he did so. No yeah. answer. Um, no, I uh, I got a, a cut here. It's a little long. It was right. from about a week ago. It's from Maria Bartiromo's show, and she was talking with Representative Tim Burchett. And uh, I was looking for a, a place to play this because it's really worth right listening here, to. Right now. Okay. Well, new bombshell testimony this morning from former acting CIA director Mike Morrell, revealing that less than a month before the presidential election, then-senior Biden campaign advisor and now Secretary of State Anthony Blinken reached out to Morrell asking to organize 50 current and past intelligence officials to sign on to a public statement which claimed that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation. House Judiciary Committee Chairman Jim Jordan and House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner writing in a letter to the Blinken uh, campaign and to Blinken yesterday, quote, according to Morrell, although your outreach was couched as simply gathering Morrell's reaction to the Post story, it set in motion the events that led to the issuance of the public statement. Joining me now, Tennessee Congressman, member of the House Oversight Committee and the House Foreign Affairs Committee, Tim Burchett. Congressman, great to see you. Thanks very much for being here. What have you learned in the Oversight Committee about this? Well, we've learned that the corruption goes straight to the top, Maria. It's obvious that what's going on here, the influence peddling by this White House and um, and everyone associated with them, this 51 people, of it, it's just a big lie is all it was. And uh, how they have that much power over these people is beyond me. You have to wonder at what level of pressure that they, they put on those folks and what they held over their heads because there is nothing from what I've seen from uh, the information that we've got, there's nothing that they will will, will stoop to to to, um, to keep President Biden in office. Basically, I mean, they really just derailed the Trump administration and his um, attempt to be reelected. That is incredible. I mean, do they not care that there's influence peddling evidence in plain sight that the Biden family appears to have been taking money from? Uh, foreign adversaries and pocketing that money uh, by uh, selling access to the United States leadership? Ma'am, we know of at least eight Biden family members who have profited uh, from dealings overseas. I think if you you delve into it deep enough, I mean, there's uh, prostitution rings involved in this. Human trafficking has been rumored to be a part of some of this. Uh, These these so-called companies that have uh, that have allowed the Biden family to profit. I mean, it is it is gross and it is disgusting about what has been allowed to go on. Those, if I was those 51 people, um, I'd be lawyering up right now because they're going to be asked in public at some point what they knew and if they knew that all this other stuff was going on because it is it is very damning maria this is just the very tip of the iceberg this uh very brave irs agent coming forward i think will um will just start it and i you know they're they're talking about impeaching biden how could how could we not impeach biden if this does in fact reach him i i wonder what their defense will be well this is just extraordinary and you know congressman i know that 
you know, people like John Brennan and James Clapper, you know, appeared dirty way before this because they were peddling the Russia collusion lie and really driving it across federal agencies, certainly at the CIA and the FBI and, and other intelligence areas of our government. So I'm not... I'm not surprised that we're seeing that from the likes of John Brennan. But some of these other names on this list, Leon Panetta, other intelligence officials that really were not part of any of these lies of the last couple of years, how is it that they got them to agree to sign their name to this when you have a sitting president, a then sitting vice president, accepting millions of dollars, pocketing it in his personal accounts from communist China? Uh, obviously, they lied, and if they've had doc, uh, doctor documents, I'm sure they would show people like Leon Panetta that because I can see. I don't agree with Mr. Panetta's uh, politics, but I think he's a, he's a very decent man, and I think that he, um, right. he he loves this country. So I suspect they were they were completely misled. I mean, if a, if a good old boy from Tennessee, Maria, can can read some of these documents and see just the. Um, the ability to wash millions, and I'm not talking about thousands, I'm talking about millions and millions of dollars that have flowed into the coffers of the Biden family. Like I said, we know of at least eight. If, if I can look at some of these documents and see this, I cannot imagine how the Justice Department allowed this to go on, if not for corruption at the highest level. And they are in some serious trouble right now. I think they know it. Unbelievable. And meanwhile, we have the Communist Party of China ramping up its aggression now, knowing that they've got their man in charge in America and they're just doing whatever they want. The foreign minister claimed today that both sides of the Taiwan Strait belong to China and that it's right for China to uphold its sovereignty around Taiwan. He's warning that those who play with fire on Taiwan will eventually get themselves burned. Meanwhile, Taiwan's foreign minister is saying he's preparing for possible conflict with China in 2027, Congressman. And all the while, you've got Joe Biden uh, misleading the American people. Uh, he even misled us at the debate. He actually used, he knew that Blinken, I mean, you have to believe he knew that Blinken was organizing that letter. And here's what he said in the 2020 debate when he faced off against Donald Trump. Watch this. There are 50 former national intelligence folks who said that what this he's accusing me of is a Russian plan. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax? And you that's exactly it. what, is this that's where exactly you're what This is going. where he's going. The laptop right. is Russia, yes. Russia, Russia. Yeah, and then another time, uh, if you remember, Chris Wallace totally shut down the conversation and he took the debate to places that nobody was expecting, foreign policy. Chris Wallace said, no, 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 we're not going to talk about that right now. So the media was right there in their pocket as well, Congressman. Obviously, Maria, I mean, the collusion goes very deep with this bunch. They have so much invested in this White House now that their, their cover-up upon cover-ups will continue. But I can assure you that the, the, the American people understand what's going on. And I can assure you that Chairman Comer and Chairman Jordan are, are, are steering this in the right direction. As I stated before, this is um, complete yeah. collusion with, with the communist Chinese. They've, they've, they've bought and sold this, this White House. I mean, you have a, 
you have a, a Chinese police force that's been allowed to operate and all of a sudden they get caught and they're going, wow, this is big news. Well, Maria, I knew about this over a year ago. This has been talked about in the halls yep. of Congress. Yeah, you know, and, and then they were told us we're a bunch of tin full hat wearing conspiracy theorists. And that's exactly what they're trying to right. do. This thing is just it gets yeah. bigger and bigger. And the, and the and it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure it out, Maria, is, is because I have figured yeah. it out. And it is very obvious what's going well, on. Well, yeah. Well, we also have been uh, talking about that police station now for upwards of a year, a congressman. And we're <laughs> going to keep a spotlight on it right here on this program. That's for sure. By the way, you just said if this all leads to Joe Biden, how can you not impeach him? Are you expecting that there will be moves to impeach Joe Biden? I, I suspect that, ma'am, if, if this cover-up shows what's going on um, that we all assume is going on and that, that the, um, the 51 folks were basically lied to and showed false documentation, uh, how can you not? I mean, this is, this is just going on too much. And, and the, um, yeah. like I said, the documentation that I've seen, I can't comment on all of it, but what I can comment on is that it is bad and it, it is getting worse and it is showing uh, okay. it is showing illegal monies from Chinese communists flowing into this White House via Hunter Biden and his lawyers. OK, Congressman, thank you. That was Maria Bartiromo, one of the uh, truth tellers still at uh, Fox News with uh, Representative Timber Shett talking about the Biden crime family. And I want to play for you a cut from John Solomon. This came across yesterday. He had an email. You know, you wonder where they find these things. And listen to what uh, he found out in the email. Here is the news. Just a short while ago, Just the News obtained this email. This is a very important email. It comes from the former CIA director, Mike Morrell. Yes, the guy that organized that letter from the 51 intelligence professionals who tried to fake you into thinking that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation when it wasn't. Uh, it is between him and John Brennan, one of the signatories. You know who John Brennan is? He was Obama's CIA director, right? He's the guy that told Obama, hey, Hillary Clinton is doing a dirty trick on Donald Trump called Russia collusion. Well, this is just before the presidential debate between Donald Trump and Hunter uh, and uh, Joe Biden. Hunter Biden's laptop is, is flinging out there. This is what Mike Morrell, former CIA director, tells his successor, John Brennan. Hey, sign this letter because I'm, quote, trying to give the campaign, particularly during the debate on Thursday, a talking point to push back on Trump on this issue. A man with a security clearance, a man with the title of CIA director, knew that he wasn't creating an intelligence product, uh, a Merrick civic duty with 51 people. He was trying to create a political moment. Damning evidence, we'll try to find out if Congress has this letter, but this is a very important piece. It is the ultimate proof that what went out on that letter was a political dirty trick coordinated with the Biden campaign. Wow. Which is amazing because mm -hmm. it's taken two years for this stuff to come out. And yeah, Why? Well, that's it. You have to ask yourself, have they decided that maybe Joe Biden really isn't their guy anymore and they want him off the playing field? So he's already announced. So how do we get him off? Well, I guess we start to release all this stuff and muddy up his waters so he either reconsiders or uh, he gets into some kind of legal problem that makes him uh, unelectable. Well, may I suggest that the reason they're doing this is not because of that. It's because there were things they didn't anticipate, like, uh, oh, I don't know, Hunter's ongoing uh, 
problem with uh, what's his daughter's name in Navy Jones right. or whatever it is. Navy, yeah, I, I don't know who her last name is, but it yeah. It is Navy. But either way, you know, and it's really about child sport. He wants to lower from uh, 20000 down to whatever number. I mean, hunters out there are saying, well, you know what? What's on the laptop is insignificant to child uh, support. Uh, but now hunters' attorneys, for his defense, are at odds with Joe Biden's attorneys you know, trying to protect the White House yeah. and Joe and maybe anybody that's connected to him. And there, I think, is the big picture. The people that you don't see that are connected, if they don't find a way to cut their ties with Joe or mm. get this sealed up, there could be a lot of people that sit there and uh, get swallowed into the wake of the ship sinking. Wow. Marjorie Taylor Greene had some comments on the Biden crime family. Listen. We just uh, finished reviewing the financial records in the Treasury. Uh, what I saw was over 2,000 pages of jaw-dropping information. Uh, there's basically an enterprise wrapped around Joe Biden uh, involving not only multiple family members, more than we thought there were, but other people as well. Uh, just a complete conglomerate of LLC shell companies where money was passing through from foreign countries China, Ukraine, but many more countries than just those. There's a lot of information the American people deserve to know of the Biden family and the crimes they've been involved in. And the Oversight Committee has a much bigger investigation to do than we ever thought was possible. Um, I just saw evidence of human trafficking. Uh, this involved prostitutes, not only from here in the United States, but foreign countries like Russia and Ukraine. Uh, this is this is unbelievable that a president and a former vice president, uh, not only his son, Hunter Biden, but many more family members extending past Hunter Biden and his immediate family. Uh, we're going to have to really get to work. This is an investigation that needs to be revealed to the American people. And not only do we have questions about Hunter Biden himself, but this is going to extend into developing a web of uh, corruption, a web of fake companies uh, that's going to reveal money that came in from many foreign countries and went directly into the personal bank accounts of the Biden family, where they have financially benefited directly from Joe Biden's uh, seats of power. And we look forward to investigating and exposing for this, this for the American people, and um, and we'll see where it goes from there. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I find it amazing that this guy can keep smiling and stepping onto the stage and telling the American people there's nothing to see here. I'm uh, an honest and clean president. You know, if this were Donald Trump's uh, sons, he would be impeached again and, yeah. and, and probably removed from office this time. Yep. There, there's an old saying behind every great man is, uh, you know, is a woman. Right. And Jill, you know, she was instrumental in him getting to where he, you know, his humble beginnings all the way through. She's been instrumental. You know, but she she's got that nice little you know yes uh, little lady thing wholesome. I'm here to say she's not, and I think that she's a a big broker in all of this. And I have read things where you know when you look at Joe's assets and the money that he supposedly makes, which is a lot, but not compared to what it really is. And you talk about the shell companies and the passive income. 
I he, the rumor is he's one of the richest politicians ever. If I were diminished mentally, uh, I would imagine that my wife would never push me out onto the stage to be publicly embarrassed. She doesn't care about him. She does or it all the, the time. His, yeah, the well-being of him because when you get wrapped up in the world of money and everything it has, sometimes mm-hmm. it's not even all the things that it can get you. It's just that it's it's like playing a game. It's all part of you. Look at Nancy Pelosi. She's no longer the Speaker of the House, but she's using her uh, jet-setting uh, privilege or her previous privileges to take private jets. You know, in just the past couple of months or one month alone, she spent seven hundred thousand dollars of your dollars for her own personal thing with no official business. Really? Imagine. Yeah. She's still taking private jets on the... Absolutely. Uh, look it up. Look, wow. You know, yeah. You you sit there and look up Nancy Pelosi, private jet use, and then you're going to see that figure of $700,000. I was kind of looking around at numbers yesterday. <laughs> I gave you some before the podcast, and um, it was startling. And it came from something that somebody posted on social media that made me go, wait a minute here. What's interesting then, is RFK Jr. on the Democratic side is starting to get some traction, and uh, he's starting to get decent numbers already. He's only been announced for about a week. Well, you know, it's in God's hands, whether I win or not. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the action and do what I need to do. If you don't win during the primary, would you consider an independent run? I, you know, I plan to win the primary. They asked him, do you think uh, you have a shot? And he said, it's in God's hands. You ever get calls from these um, political groups? They want to do their conducting surveys and stuff. I, I get them from time to time. I got one yesterday, and they were asking all kinds for the state of Pennsylvania, but they were asking about the presidency mm-hmm. and their candidates. And I actually questioned it. They said, well, now, if there was a, a contest between Biden right. and DeSantis, who would you vote for? I said, well, where's Trump in this? He's not on this questionnaire. Just stick to the questionnaire. Really. <laughs> okay. Well, in, in that case, I said, you know, I, I would never go with Biden. I said, I still have questions on DeSantis, but it would have to be DeSantis in this case. Okay. So now if it were between DeSantis and Kennedy, who would you take? And I'm going like, what? again, no Trump. And they go, Trump's not, a, is not relevant. And I'm like, how can they do the survey without having the key people in, on the they're writing landscape. him off. Now, whoever this was doing this survey, I forget the name of the company, they're writing him off. Then they got into all kinds of superfluous stuff. They got into the abortion thing, which was interesting. I threw some numbers at that guy. He was going, whoa, wait, wow. You know, I'm going like, yeah, you're focused on the wrong thing because abortion is a distraction. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I brought in, you know, the numbers that got me there. And then I said, the real thing that they're trying to cover up is what the government's really afraid of, the, the people that are there, because they're afraid of you and me, you know, realizing what's really going on and us saying, that's it, I'm done, I had it. Newt Gingrich uh, has uh, a different take. He thinks we should be looking at somebody else on the Democratic side. Listen. The most amazing video of the week for Biden was when he could not remember that he had been in Ireland. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that he's, he's stumbling around. Oh, what? Where was it that I was at? I mean, 
he seems to be steadily getting more forgetful, and that's a pretty weak base on which to run for president. Yeah, we're all watching it. It's not just the age. The number is not what's important. It's his mental capacity, and we are all watching it decline every single day. Uh, Nuno, I want to get your take on Anthony Blinken as well in a second, but do you believe that Susan Rice leaves the White House the day before Biden makes this announcement is a coincidence? I mean, I, I feel that this is very significant. I don't know if she's going to be managing somebody else's campaign, if she's going to run to challenge Biden. What do you think is going on here? But clearly, Democrats are divided over Biden's re-election bid. Well, I, mean, I think at a minimum, it probably is a sign that she said, don't do it. And he said, I'm doing it anyway. And I, and I think she just uh, didn't want to be part of uh, a Biden re-election. And I also think that uh, I was very struck when Mark Halperin, in his Wide World of News, ran the video of Michelle Obama on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Uh, she's playing a tambourine. She recently had 9,000 people at an event uh, with Oprah in Los Angeles. I think Republicans had better pay significant attention to Michelle Obama. I hadn't believed that until I saw her on stage with Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I thought, you know, this is not a person who's hiding. So it's conceivable that Susan Rice and others are beginning to say they're not going to be part of some kamikaze re-election campaign with a guy who can't remember what he did yesterday. Yeah. Michelle Obama, uh, I don't know. I, I, I've heard too many uh, weird stories about her and her honest background to, to think that she would uh, step onto the stage like this and run for the presidency. Because when you run for the presidency, you can't hide anything. They're looking into every crevice and every detail of your background to see whether you're legitimate. And if she has anything in the background that she's been hiding... Uh, and some people believe that she does. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I think everyone knows where you're going with this. The question is, uh, is she transgender? Is all of this uh, transgender stuff softening of the soil, so to speak, to normalize the transgender lifestyle, the drag queens and all that stuff for another purpose? down the road well, everything that you you see and are told to believe is a distraction and it's to get what they want they know right now that if you're in a transgender um which you know if a transgender wants to run don't don't mm -hmm. say bill knight said you can't do that because it's wrong any person can run to be the president of the united states and you can vote for anybody that you want to but this is kind of a, a ruse and a normalization to take out Judeo-Christian values that they're afraid of. They're afraid of that. There is a story, we don't know whether it's true or not, uh, that Michelle Obama is actually not Michelle, but Michael, Michael Robinson, and has been for years. This is not a secret, friends. I'm not making this up. And I don't know whether there's any truth, but I'm only saying this because it's out there and uh, it seems to be quite a coincidence that all of yeah. a sudden the, the soil has been softened, so to speak, uh, and now they're talking about Michelle Obama taking the stage. Hypothetically, let's say the story ends up being true. They get some actual factual pictures. I've seen a picture of what looks like a Michael Robinson. Now, nowadays, you can't trust any picture, okay? I could put a I could put somebody's face on 
somebody else's body and it would look as real as can be. Uh, but I'm just telling you the stories out there. Uh, and maybe this is their way of dealing with it. And uh, But whoever would have thought that the U.S. Navy would promote a non-binary drag queen to be their digital ambassador in an effort to attract younger Americans amid recruitment shortages in the military. That's what mm-hmm. happened yesterday. They announced a Joshua Kelly. He's an active sailor. He announced on TikTok in November that the Navy invited him to be its first digital ambassador. Now, what does that mean? Well, he's going to be the face, the digital face of the U.S. Navy. He's going to go out there and, you know, show that you can be all that you can be. I guess that's an army. Kind of like slogan. Mulvaney with Budweiser? Yeah. Look, look what it did to Budweiser. Yeah. They showed, you know. a, they showed a clip yesterday, by the way online of Budweiser sales at Fenway Park. And I guess all the beers have their own booths, like Coors has a whole booth with all of oh, yeah. all their, and they have Budweiser, and it's uh, freezers filled with Budweiser. And the guy said, uh, I think the Budweiser boycott is working, and the guy shows nobody standing in front of the Budweiser concession. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, it's a packed ballpark for a big game. Nobody's there. And, you know, it's those kind of events that beer companies thrive on. They don't always make right. money from them because of their investment level, but they do pay for the event. I know this because I've done a lot of, you know, promotional things like that. That's one of my, you know, fortes. But Budweiser was always big on paying for, like, the regatta that I used to do down sure. in Charleston. Uh, no, I didn't know there's a regatta in Charleston okay. where they uh, – they have the well. They have know, the, they have a presence in Pittsburgh too with the Brooklyn. Oh yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've worked on that one too. But uh, the the one where they have the big, uh, oh, what do they call those? Like the paddle boats, you know? The, Ste- the, yeah, the, the steamboats. Yeah, steamboats. They come in from everywhere. I've had big concerts there that uh, you know some big names. But either way, Budweiser was always the money in my pocket. Hey, what are you going to do? Well, let me go and talk to the head of the Budweiser, the local distributor. And that's where I'd get my 150000 or 200000 bucks, and they were my sponsor. Yeah. They didn't make it back, really, in the beer sales there, but they counted on it to pay that tab that they gave me to spend on So look, look at what Dylan Mulvaney has done to Budweiser. They're he killed re- it. They're in a panic right now. You know that, that uh, marketing director, that woman who put the campaign together, who they put on uh, paid leave? No, she's gone now. They pick, they put her on paid leave and then quietly dismissed her from the That's position. How they do it. Yeah, and they brought somebody else in, and they are scrambling to reconnect with their customer, and it's not working because they haven't come out like we said in the beginning. For Budweiser to to regain its position, it should come out and say, "Look it, we, we screwed, screwed up. up exactly." Well, and they there's won't an old say saying. It. There's an old saying that time heals everything but a leaky radiator, and I think I'd have to amend that. Time's, time heals everything but a leaky radi- radiator and a Mulvaney incident. <laughs> and, I, and I don't mean to jab at Mulvaney. I mean, he did what he did because it's what he believes in, and he was trying to make a name for himself, and he did. And he was hey, trying and to he make got money, a lot of money. And he did. Yeah, he yeah did. so, you know, and now he's trying to, you know, turn that around saying, hey, I just want to be me. Well... Maybe you should have well, thought wait a about second. that before now, getting, you did the... Getting back to the Navy, you would think that the Navy would have seen what happened with Mulvaney, right, and said, whoa, wait a second. 
uh, we got to rethink this approach. We we can't we can't have a drag queen be the the image of the United States Navy. But they didn't. They did not stop the campaign from proceeding. They went on with it. Who made the decision? Because I tend to say that that's all part of a bigger plan. You know, they're, they're, it's a distraction to what they really, really want to achieve. And somewhere in that distraction is what they're afraid of. What scares me is what you said in the beginning of our program today. The Russian Navy is well, the- putting their ships all together. They're getting, in, getting them war ready. But what do you, you know there have been more sightings of Russian subs off of our eastern coast than at any other time? Yeah. There's, there's, they're, they're out there, You're right. nuked up and ready to go. They got their bombers loaded up with the nukes. They, they've got their missiles locked and loaded. They might be old, and yep. maybe not all of them will make their target, but let's just say 5% of them make it. We're screwed. They're heavy duty. Yeah, we're he- those are heavy-duty nukes. And once they're off the ground, you cannot recover from the damage that they will inflict when they hit. They're not going to go like a sparkle. Go- so you're saying as we talk right now, at this moment, off our coast, Maybe There's a thousand subs. miles are, are Russian subs just waiting. There's at least one if it only takes one. That's true. How many missiles? Because what do they take? They fire 16 some or of them have, No, some of them have 30. 30 All right. missiles on them. Oh, 30 missiles. The whole East Coast could be lit up. Only takes one to light us up. So while they're doing the military thing, the the strong thing, the strength thing, we are presenting ourselves as a weak, sick Navy. A weak, yeah. sick Navy. And, you know, they expect to get people to join. I heard somebody say this morning on one of the other podcasts that he has sons who are military age. The family has a deep military background. They were planning on joining the Navy until they started seeing some of these campaigns. Some yeah. of these, and they said, "No, I'm not joining this this woke uh, military," and they've stepped away. Well, there's another point. You know, I see people talking about patriotism. My grandfather fought for this country. My dad fought for this country, and I'm fighting for this country. And I'll be damned if I give up my democracy, friend. They've already taken it from you, and you know, you know, if you reenlist. You get to put a daisy in the barrel of your gun. You might want to find something kind of paisley to wear with your uniform, you know, and uh, pretend like you're going to San Francisco and put a flower in your hair because the Navy has and the military has become so woke, and I'm not making fun of a particular No, but it's true. It's person's true. It's lifestyle, but they're doing it. They're using you. You are a puppet on a string. Hey. Dancing to the puppeteer. I was in the military, and I don't know whether the guy next to me uh, in the next bunk was gay or straight, 
Whether don't he care. liked it. I don't know. I didn't care. And it wasn't. As long as he's got your back and you got his, then that's fine. And you're all out for one and cause. And he didn't know what my sexual preference was. He, we were in the military. We kept our mouth shut and we did the job. That's all you're supposed to do in the military. You're out there for you're out there fighting for our values. And one of them is your, your, your right to have a preference yep. of uh, which way you go. I mean, as long as it's not pedophilia. So why you know, is which it? Apparently we traffic in that. So who is it? in the Pentagon that is promoting this woke campaign in the military. Why are they doing this? This is a cancer in our military. It's a cancer. It's hurting us in recruitment right now, and it's demoralizing the guys who are in the military right now. How would you like to be in the Navy and look on uh, on a television screen somewhere and see uh, uh, a dancing queen, uh, you know, being the representation of what you are and what you're Mm -hmm. doing? It's the uh, there, there is an agenda going on, like you said, and I think it all gets back to, you know, what we call the deep state or the government and what they want to do and where they want to take us. Everything's a distraction. I told you some numbers before the show. I don't know if we want to do that now or not, but, um, you know, it was based on something that I saw somebody post, you know, because they were talking about all the gun violence that's going on, which is terrible. The loss of life is terrible. But, you know, I'm, I'm a guns right person. But I sat there and I looked at the numbers and they were going, well, in the beginning half of this year or the first quarter of this year, we've lost 121 people due to gun violence, 174 people last year. Well, then I started looking at, at the numbers and I said, well, 13,900 people in a year's time died due, due to gun violence. Well, most of those were suicide because and that's a reflection of our society and our government and our social system that is failing people that they've just given up and they're taking their own lives. But we can take that 13,900 trend. We can also take that 121 trend mm-hmm. that they're talking about and go, okay, so you're putting a big, they're, they're calling that 121 an epidemic of gun violence, right? right? An epidemic. Well, that epidemic, if you take it against the 331 million people in America, that works out to, and so you know the math, you take, you take, your, you take, your, uh, you take your value, which is the 121, you divide it by the total value, which is the population, and you multiply it by 100 to get to your percentage. So that 121 is 0.00036%. We'll just call it That's 0.00036%. An epidemic. 4%. Mm-hmm. Now I'm sitting there going, okay, the uh, 13,900 in a year, that's actually 0.004%. Again, still kind of an insignificant number. No death should be insignificant, but there you go. Then I looked at abortions. In uh, ni- uh, 2019, it was 981,160 uh, abortions. That's deaths, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to count it. Close that to way. a million, yep. Yeah, and uh, close to a million. Well, let's take uh, now we probably are at a million. So if you take that number, the uh, the million, we'll just round it up there just for whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and you divide that into 331 million and multiply the end result by 100, that's 8.3%. So the million of 331,000 is 8.3%. So what you're saying is that abortion is a much bigger crisis a much yes, bigger loss he, of life. But that's not even the big one. Okay. No. 
Because what is the government afraid of if they're touting these gun numbers? They're afraid of Americans that have guns that have the constitutional right to take out the government if they see that it is no longer there for them. Now, 41% of Americans own guns. Right. Well, in that, you know, that's, that's an army of 132 million 400,000 gun-toting, P.O.'d citizens that are tired of what you're doing and how you're trying to dictate our lives and take control of it. Well, which leads me to something. Those are terrific, terrific figures, and it leads me to next week in Texas along the <laughs> along the bo- along the border. Are we yeah. going to see any of those gun-toting people on their horses defending what uh, the government should be defending? I don't know, and I'm not encouraging that, but no, I'm, just I'm just telling curious. you, wow. that's the number. If you look at the numbers and break it down, you're going, the gun violence, 121.00003%. Right. Looking at abortions that Let's have see. happened in the past year, that's uh, 8.3%. Look at how and you fast take a million we... people across the border, another 8%. It goes to the media. Look how fast we cover these stories nowadays. We have cameras on location within a matter of minutes. Yeah. It becomes an interesting, exciting television visual, and it makes it bigger than it actually is. I'm not saying like you, Bill. I'm not saying that they're not tragedies and they're not uh, terrible things that shouldn't happen. They are terrible things that shouldn't happen, but... Are they as big as the media says they are? No, Another they're not. Another crisis. I watched that thing in Atlanta the other day. Did you see the coverage in Atlanta? Yeah. They, 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 couldn't, they couldn't start talking about gun violence. Another gun violent act in, uh, in our country. They couldn't start selling that whole narrative faster when they were doing the coverage. Reporters would be out there going, well, uh, it's a terrible day here in Atlanta. Uh, another day we have to uh, wonder what's happening to our country with all of these acts of violence with guns. I mean, they're talking like this on CNN. I was watching it, and I thought, my gosh, these people haven't let, let the dust settle. They don't even know where the shooter is right now, and they're starting to sell their story. Yeah, and, you know, I got a question because now of my numbers there, like the 41%, the 132,400,000, those are legal guns that yeah. they know about. Yeah. All right. Now, these shooters and the illegal guns and some of these people, they came across the border yeah. illegally. <laughs> they were deported. So yep. those guns are dirty guns from dirty people, yes. and they're being touted by the media and dirty politicians to cover up what they're really afraid of, and that is you, the law-abiding citizen that has the right to bear arms and protect yourself. I'm done. It's a wrap for our show for a Friday. Sorry. Good. No, excellent. <laughs> excellent. I couldn't, we can't add anything to that. Uh, if you want to contact us, our number is 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. Hey, hey, the numbers speak. And like I said, your wife uh, is a teacher, so she knows math. She's probably so working on the, She's probably working on the figures right now. Working on right the numbers now, right now. Okay, <laughs> now he said 121 and 331 million. Uh, yeah, that's point zero 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 three. You lost me with the 121. I'm not... <laughs> Hey, have a great weekend. We will be doing an update tomorrow because there's just too much happening. Bye, Bill. (laughs) Yeah, I got to take these scratches and organize them. (laughs) The Voice of Freedom. 
CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million? <laughs>